App Guy podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. The App Guy Podcast. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Yes, welcome to another episode of the App Guy Podcast. I am your host, I'm Paul Kemp, and I'm the App Guy. And it's with great pleasure that I get many different guests from around the world on this show and uh, from all different walks of life. And the guest I've got today is uh, just going to be really inspiring, I think, for us. And let me just set this up uh, before introducing him. Uh, I was working uh, in the city for oh, about 12 to 13 years and doing the grind, you know, the nine to six uh, job uh, working in the city. And it was only until I started following my passion of uh, developing apps and getting involved in digital and marketing and online stuff that life really opened up for me. And uh, I really want to pick up on this topic of passion with my uh, next guest. So it's very relevant if you're an indie app developer, a business owner, entrepreneur, and you're looking to do something new in your life. Uh, this is going to be a great episode for you. Uh, so uh, I'm going to introduce Warren Bobro who is the uh, author of uh, two great books. Um, it's The Whiskey Cocktails and The Apothecary uh, Cocktails. I know he's going to tell us a little bit more about that. Um, but he's also the creator of uh, CocktailWhisperer.com and on the Wild R uh, River Review website, which you can go and check out. Um, now, he has got, literally, I think, the best job in the world. Um, so we'll find out about that. He has created like several hundred uh, articles on food, wine, travel, cocktail, mixology. So... Uh, he writes for blogs, magazines, and uh, makes appearances all over. And so it's a really uh, warm welcome to you, Warren, to uh, the App Guy podcast. Excellent. Good morning, Paul. Fantastic to be here. And you're a little later in the day because of the uh, geographics, but I'm sitting here in New Jersey, and we finally have a clear day. They're saying that possibly it'll be above, uh, above freezing outside. And uh, maybe I can get outside for the first time in, in many weeks. <laughs> so we've got, as I say, indie app developers, business owners, entrepreneurs, all waiting to listen to you. And uh, perhaps you could start by telling us a little bit about your story and how you got to, um, you know, do your own thing, work from home, and what was the build-up to that? Well, it 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 probably should start in the very beginning. <clears throat> Excuse me, and then. I, uh, I, I have a degree from a college in Boston, Massachusetts named Emerson College and I had the aspirations of working in the film industry, in the mo motion picture industry and that just didn't pan out as I wanted to. So upon graduation I didn't have enough college credits so uh, I garnered a research assistantship over at MIT which was just across the river and they they basically I, I was working on some research projects, some of it classified, some unclassified, just interesting stuff. And what, uh, what happened was the program was over and I had to figure out what I was going to do with the rest of my life, which I really didn't know at the time. But I, I was fortunate. My parents uh, raised me tr uh, doing a lot of traveling in Europe and in uh, and Brazil and Africa. So I was always surrounded by interesting cuisine. And I felt that 
you know, maybe I should do something that's a little bit different than all my peers. Most of my peers were going into television production and motion picture production. I didn't want to follow that. I wanted to become a chef. So I uh, became, got a job up in Maine, which is somewhat north of where we live here in New Jersey. And I got a job as a dishwasher pot scrubber, and I worked my way up through the ranks, through the brigade, if you will, to becoming a chef. So that was, that, that was the very beginning. And I was quite young, and I didn't know where I was going, and I didn't know what I was going to do, but I knew that I wanted to become a chef, so you had to start someplace. So I worked my way through the, the chefing business and traveled around here and there, but I really wasn't that happy emotionally, and I certainly wasn't happy financially. Uh, my grandfather, who was a self-made man, uh, suggested that since I was intelligent, or he felt I was intelligent, uh, I should get a job in a business, in a, in a bank. And I took a job as a bank teller trainee, and for the next 20 years, I slaved, and I will say slave because I hated every single day of it, and especially what it represented to me that someone forced me to do something that I did not want to do, that I had no passion for. So I, uh, I worked in a bank around people who were not like myself, but I think the only reason why they kept me around is because I knew about the better things in life. And the better things in life are sitting in front of me right now, and I have four samples of Irish whiskey <laughs> dating from 16 years to 14 years to 12 years. And I think for anyone who's listening who would be, and it is, as I said, it's 7.46 in the morning, and I'm about to taste through three Irish whiskeys, I think that's a pretty darn good life. <laughs> it sounds great. And, uh, you know, we have a few things that we share in common. One is that I uh, used to be a dishwasher as well. I was washing dishes whilst traveling around Australia. And uh, I never oh, met lovely. a happy chef or a rich chef, to be fair. No, no they're, they're not happy. They're I'm very highly people. stressed. And uh, stressed, uh, yeah. yeah, I also used to work in a bank. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, oh. that's um, and then it was only until I f followed um, my passion. Uh, so, so you're cracking open a couple of whiskeys there. Yes, I have some whiskeys here. I'm just pour, I'm just cleaning out the glass. I, I actually have a bottle of the Napa Castle 16-year-old single malt Irish whiskey, and it's finished in sherry casks. So I'm just pouring a little bit into my whiskey tasting glass here. I'm smelling it. It's gorgeous. It's lush. And what I smell is, uh, is freshly drawn uh, sherry out of the cask. Right into those beautiful now, grains. Now, are you really are you using water for your, for your palate, or do you drink it straight? I'm just drinking this straight because I need some fortification. <laughs> <laughs> but normally, I would sprinkle a little bit of water over the top to release the flavors, and I think that's a good habit to be in. Well, you're on the App Guy podcast, and uh, you know I, I really can't think of a way uh, to solve the. the the challenge of drinking you know whiskey in the morning with an app that's something that apps will never be able to do and it's the finer things in life and you know and i'm just thinking like um you know we do enjoy the finer things in life and uh, uh perhaps you know as app developers let's take this off on a bit of a tangent and think about some good whiskeys that we could enjoy as we've we're celebrating our big wins on the app stores well you know i i think that what's very interesting about the app the app world is there certainly is money to be made and I remember from being you know surrounded well during my life surrounded by people who were more certainly more successful than myself 
And I always said that if you make more money, you should at least try to educate yourself better. And unfortunately, what I found in, in business is as people start making more money, they still have their, their, the same drinking taste that they had in high school. So essentially, they're drinking light beer, which is some sort of a strange American invention. I've never imagined light beer. I, I'm from the school of real ale and, and cast condition ales. So when I see people drinking, quote unquote, light beer, I wonder, you know, maybe they're wealthy and maybe they've succeeded at something in their life, but their tastes certainly haven't evolved. Well, you're from, um, you're, well, I guess around Boston area. Is Samuel, Samuel Adams is the uh, ale, isn't it, that everyone drinks over there? Uh, you know that that's an that I think that's another story for another day. Samuel Adams beer. <laughs> I'll just say very quickly is is not brewed by Samuel Adams. Right. They they do they, it's done in what they call here in the United States contract brewing. Um, they're not from Boston. I think that they have. I mean, I live outside near New York City, but the uh, the it's all it's basically a charade. Because, uh, you know, and I'll, I'll go right out, and, you know, on the record and say that, that Sam Adams never made beer. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's, it's, it's a, a marketing name. I think they brew it up in Utica, New York. I don't think they brew it in Massachusetts. I think there's a brew pub that the, that the company owns and they brew maybe, you know, a couple hundred gallons at a time. But that's really about well, it we're, to be able to... We're, we're really familiar with that kind of marketing. We're, we're living in the UK and uh, we love our Sunday roasts. And one of the big names over here is uh, Aunt Bessett. And Aunt Bessett does uh, Yorkshire puddings and uh, all these different things surrounding Sunday roast. And uh, it was only uh, the other year that I found out she's not real. She's a marketing campaign with a lovely name. Yeah, it's a marketing. <laughs> and, and, and Sam Adams Beer is the same thing. I mean, just to put it out there, it's the same thing. And but I, I think that there's passionate microbrewers here in the United States, but Sam Adams is not one of them. Right. So, so um, you, you were talking about apps there, and uh, you know, we'd love to try and explore potentially new apps. Uh, some of the apps coming out that I think people are in love with are the wine apps that help people discover wine. Uh, and you were just going down this road of talking about uh, our tastes don't change, and we should change our tastes when we make some money. Um, you know, through our endeavors, you should, you should treat yourself to as the best. I always believe, and I write in my in my books, and then I write in my magazine articles that you should always further your palate. That that there's nothing wrong with learning about new things, and I I, I feel very strongly. And you want to talk about applications on your smartphone? I love some of the some of the tasting applications where you can capture your thoughts and share it in real time with the rest of the world. And I love that power of, uh, of my smartphone. Uh, you know, I, I just bought the iPhone 5S and it's, I've got a, uh, I think I got a 64 gig unit. This little iPhone that I have in my hand has more power than the Mac, iMac that I have on the desk. It's just incredible, the processing power that it has. And for people to be able to write applications that work for the whiskey world, for the gin world, for, the, for whatever world that they're in, and be able to share their thoughts and their context in real time with other people around the world is truly spectacular. I mean, I'm almost 53 years old. And when I was in college, we only had typewriters, and they were manual typewriters. Yeah. <laughs> it, seemed, it seemed like they were all just manual typewriters. I mean, yeah, of course, they were electric. But, you know, I learned how to type on a manual typewriter. So when I, when I look at, at computer keyboards and I look at editing and I look at, at how people have used these thinking machines, 
it's uh, it's really spectacular for me because I know that I learned how to type on a manual typewriter, and always in my brain I will say that that I you know I learned about computers by typing on a manual typewriter. Now you have kids today; they say that if you want to know about a computer program, ask a thirteen-year-old because they'll explain it. Well, to I could you. even go one step further. Ask my four-year-old; he's uh, navigating. A, oh, I know <laughs> that's a, another uh, podcast actually. Um, what are the apps that you've really uh, found that have changed your life? You, you mentioned in the pre-chat that you had um, some favorite apps that you couldn't live without now. Oh, I, I love Instagram. <clears throat> I love Instagram. I think Instagram is, uh, is, is far better than Pinterest. Pinterest, you're, you're just overwhelmed with images. But Instagram, you can really focus your images and your quote-unquote followers, if you will, it becomes very personal because imagery, you know, images are very personal. They become very emotional. I love uh, what Facebook has done in the mobile setting. I can interact with my friends. I can use Skype. I can use uh, all the different, you know, video functions of, of, uh, of Facebook. We did, I mean, for me to look at this, it's just it's so incredible that we have such processing power within our hands. I, I love reading newspapers, so I have a plethora of newspapers that I read. Uh, another application that I love is the interactive parking applications because I go into New York City often and I don't have time to print out a parking coupon, so there's an application that's available from my screen on my smartphone for individual parking lots where you put in the time that you're in New York City, and you put in the time that you're coming in, you put in the time that you're going out, and it prints a digital uh, coupon on the screen that can be scanned by a barcode reader. I mean, that's just spectacular. I love things like that. Um, another application that I that I absolutely love that that just knocks me down every single time is the interactive maps. Um, I used to have a GPS in my car, and although I miss it because of the large screen, now that there's the Google Maps on my iPhone, I can get to just about any place that I want in the United States, if not the world, and see a picture of it in real time guiding me to my goal and to where I'm trying to, to go. I mean, I don't know what we did before we had GPS. <laughs> yeah, we, we used lost, to use maps. I got lost a lot. <laughs> I got lost a lot. Well, you can't use a map in a car at night. I mean, you don't know what to see. And that's why the Google application is so magnificent, because it actually gives you in maybe the images aren't in real time, but it certainly tracks along where you are in the in the universe in real time and within about three or four feet, which is pretty spectacular. Yeah, I was thinking back to an earlier episode we had with uh, Tom Tully, and he... Uh, was in the teens, I think uh, it was, was uh, an episode around the teens where he talked about uh, Instagram. About what I learned from that, uh, people are welcome to go back and listen, is uh, that Instagram was actually not intended to be a photo sharing app in the first place. It was uh, an app that uh, was meant for, I think, uh, some uh, um, bars and clubs and nightclubs where um, you could uh, be like a social media type, uh, Facebook type thing. Uh, but it completely failed and bombed, um, but they noticed that people were sharing uh, um, the photos, and then they decided to re-scrap scrap the whole thing and just focus on the photo sharing, and it became Instagram. And then obviously that became the big hit it is today. 
So I just thought that was an interesting story about Instagram. Well, I've just captured a picture of your your uh, emoticon right there with your picture on it, and uh, you know from Skype, and I'm putting it up on Instagram right now. So, so I have a, a record of what I've done and what I'm doing and what I'm working on, and it's all you know. It'll load into Facebook. It'll also load into my Twitter. My Twitter is at Warren W A R R E N. Last name Bobro, B O B R O W with a number one. And I welcome everyone to please connect with me on Twitter. I love Facebook, but I really consider Twitter to be the, the, the cause and effect of my success because it's forced me to become extremely succinct in 140 characters or less. Every conversation can be your elevator speech. You know, we were talking before about passion, and I feel very strongly about this. For 20 years, I did something that I really didn't enjoy, and I, I don't mean to take a non sequitur, but I really believe in my heart that unless you know what your passion is, you're only spinning your wheels where you are right now. And if you're unhappy in any way about where you are and what you're doing and who you are as a person, you need to look at it very clearly because we're not getting any younger no matter what anyone says. So I, I say take that chance, take that risk, and do it. And don't wait around for someone to come to you and say that you're going to be successful. In your brain, you have to say, I am going to be successful because it's who I am. It's my passion. So if you're listening to this and you're on your way to work, uh, listening in a car, going to a job that you really do not like and you're not following your passion, then we need to take Warren's uh, advice there. You could be sitting in your home, uh, writing about your passion, blogging, podcasting, whatever it is, and... Uh, yeah, someone said to me, I think I heard it somewhere, is that we are our youngest we'll ever be today because tomorrow we're going to be That's a little right. bit older. And uh, That's we're right. obviously on this long march towards uh, our eventual demise and our expiry date. So, um, <laughs> Well, let's drink some good whiskey before we get there. Can I, uh, may I go through and then talk about these little beautiful you, little whiskeys please that do. I have in front of Please me. do. This is great. You know what? Traditionally, I'm not a, a, a malt scotch lover, and I, I know that, that many Brits will, will look upon that with, with abject horror, but I'm learning about, about uh, malted whiskey and, and about scotch, and, and I've taken a little tangent to the side with, with Irish whiskey because I have these three lovely samples in front of me. But as a rule, I don't like scotch whiskey because I don't like the smoke and I don't like the taste of licking a wet ashtray. But people find that to be quite beguiling. I am not one of them. So every time I taste something, it comes from the school of thought that I don't like it. What is it about it that I do like? And I think what I like most about whiskey in itself is the fact that it's, it's authentic and it's creative and it has and every variety and every brand has something about it whether you like it or you don't but it has passion and it wouldn't be on the market selling and being successful if it wasn't good for at least one person. So I can quite happily say my two favorite whiskies and this is where I show myself up now as a, a non-whisky connoisseur. <clears throat> my two favorite whiskies, um, my first love is with uh, Jameson. Uh, I went around the distillery there oh, yes. and Yes, sir. My second love is Jura, the, the, the whiskey Jura. Mm. Uh, it's a Scotch whiskey, but it's not got that oaky uh, flavor. You, you know, the one thing I haven't found is a really good bourbon. And for some reason, I just... Oh, I, I have a lovely bourbon, which I know you can get in England because it's made with non-GMO grains. And I would say that's Four Roses. 
Four Roses is spectacularly well made. And it's sold nearly all over the world. And I love that, that you can go. I was recently over in Italy, actually last September, and I saw Four Roses behind a bar of a little espresso shop in the middle of nowhere. I mean, completely off the tourist trail. And there on the shelf, gleaming in the, in the morning light, was a crystalline bottle of Four Roses bourbon. And for me to see Kentucky and be in Abruzzo is just incredible. <laughs> it's just incredible that, that, that they have the, the, the marketing foresight to be able to sell a product from Louisville, Kentucky, from Cox's Creek, if anything, from a little town of Cox's Creek, to be able to get all the way to the other, literally the other side of the globe. I think that's magnificent. So today, you could go to your stockist and you say, I know that, that Four Roses is available here in Britain. Can you secure me a bottle? It's a shame that Amazon don't do um, yeah, uh, deliveries of alcohol because I think that would be quite good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think that, that that creates certain problems in itself. But I'm sure that you have a. a are you, how close to London are uh, you? you probably yeah, my wife has good, gone to London today. We're, yeah, we're just a short hop to London. It's not very far. Uh, it's actually quicker to get to London from where I am than it is to get from Boston to New York, which I've done before, which is a lot longer than I thought. Yeah. But I, I do think that, that you can get it in, in England. And I think that it's very important to, to try American bourbon because it doesn't have that, that's that smoke. Now they, they do use char in the barrels. The barrels are charred with fire. Number one being the lightest, number four being the darkest. Uh, most bourbon, is aged in a barrel, which is, I believe, a number three char. Very rarely have I seen a number four. Occasionally, you'll see a number three. That's probably pretty light. But a number four char adds a nice uh, richness and fullness to your to your glass of bourbon. But what it really does is it doesn't add smoke. It adds sweetness because of the oak. And when you burn oak, the natural vanillins come out. And so you have an alcoholically high, you know, you, sometimes some bourbons go up above 120, 130 proof, but there's an underlying sweetness to them. And that's from the chart. So I love speaking to non-app developers because we, we, um, we love <laughs> trying to think of ideas where we could create apps to solve certain problems. And I'm almost thinking now, I would love to be able to walk into a, a supermarket, uh, maybe a stockist, an off-license, and uh, go through some different whiskies, scan them with my uh, iPhone or my Android phone, and immediately get your commentary on the whiskey uh, through an audio file. That that would be great. Oh, I I, I think that that's a uh, that's a marvelous thing to to think about doing. Uh, and and apps in the in their own in their own self become something that that are very personal. And you can make things that are, you know, I, I, I'm not a computer geek or a, or a technology person. I, I find it very easy to work with them, but I wouldn't understand the machine language or the C++ or any of the, the codings. I found that very difficult to, to think about to even, to even work with. But I think that, that there's a, a diametric opposite between technology and passion. And to be able to develop passion and make it technologically sound, that is, is what apps are all about. 
and they take creative ideas and they marry them to the technology and you have something that works on an interactive basis in real time using your 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 smartphone and uh, and that's an incredibly powerful thing I mean we as I said when I was in college we didn't have computers and that was only in the 1980s and it really wasn't that long ago yeah, I mean maybe you can talk to this point uh, in a recent interview with the founder of Airbnb uh, he, he was talking about uh, that nowadays, you know, with all these devices in our hand, we just want people to curate our life. We we don't want to go through this multitude of choice that we have. You know, when we go uh, to the supermarket to buy alcohol, for example, we just want someone that we trust to curate our life, to give us the best things in our life. And so iPhone and apps can do that stuff for us, you know, more so now. Uh, and so that's why, it, it, do you feel that that's... Uh, like a good observation that, that people are really wanting uh, their life curated? Oh, absolutely. They want simplicity. They don't have enough time to do all the things that they need to do during the day. Uh, they, they trust uh, in intellectual people, intelligent people who know about things that they might not, not necessarily know about. I'm not expecting everyone to know everything, and I certainly don't know everything, and I'm learning all the time. But I have a certain level of understanding and of comfort with my topic, so I'm able to make something of myself with the knowledge that I hold in my heart. I think the um, with whiskey as well. I know that I spent some time in Scotland, and uh, it was for New Year actually, a couple a few years ago now. And we had this uh, option of choosing between 200 uh, different whiskies, and uh, obviously that's <clears throat> pretty hard to do, uh, but. What we had was a personal assistant who talked to, to us a little bit about uh, what we tend to like and uh, our typical tastes. And she managed to pick a different whiskey for all of um, the group and everyone loved their, their whiskey. And uh, I thought that that was a really clever thing to do and it would be great if we could have an app solution, perhaps if you're listening, an app solution that could somehow miraculously uh, choose the right whiskeys for us. Oh, I, I, I don't know if there is one available on whiskey, but I do know that things like that are available on wine. And I, uh, I, I wish I, you know, wine is a, is a very, is a problematic topic for me. And as much as I, I like to say that I'm a well-established wine writer, I will also say that I'm a well-established wine writer who knows very little. And uh, because there's so much pretentiousness and snobbery in the wine world, I'd rather be known as the person who knows very little than the one who knows too much. <laughs> Just try going to France and um, ordering a bottle of Australian yeah. wine. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I love Australian wines, and uh, I think Australian wines, unfortunately, have the, uh, the reputation of being too fruit-forward and overblown. And when in reality, the two fruit forward and overblown are the ones that they're, uh, that they're exporting, but the ones that are restrained and crisp and tight and elegant and aromatic are the ones they keep for themselves. And, uh, you know, a classic example is that yellowtail stuff that is propagated all across the United States. It's literally made in a chemical plant. It has nothing to do with distillation. It has nothing to do with uh, fermentation. It has everything to do with manufacturing. And I saw a picture recently of the Yellowtail, uh, you know, the winery, and everyone was running around wearing, uh, wearing construction helmets. And that said to me, industrial, not agricultural. And I'm really, I grew up on, an agri on a biodynamic farm here in New Jersey. And when I think about agricultural, I think about 
growing things and making things and becoming something through an organic means rather than something that's created in a factory. And unfortunately, Australian wine has gotten the, the reputation, at least on the world scene, as being something that's overblown, that's being fruit forward, that's being, you know, candy flavors rather than really what Australian wine is. It's very elegant, and especially when they use French white oak, it can be something that's a world leader. It can be as good as anything that you've had anywhere in the world. The trouble is finding it because most of the Australian wines on the market are what I like to call candy wine. I understand that's popular, but not for me. Yeah, so as, as we're trying to give uh, ideas to the audience here for potential apps, and is there a demand, do you think, for creating apps that are specifically targeting certain liquors, uh, like whiskey and uh, gin? Or, yeah, or you, because I guess, yeah, I guess oh, we're I, just trying to figure I, out the, the demand there for uh, investing our time into to creating these apps. Oh, I, I absolutely do. And uh, one of the uh, one of the great ones comes out, and it's not an app per se, but what it is is it's a means of harnessing information. And there's an event that goes on every year down in New Orleans that I participate in, known as Tales of the Cocktail, and they've developed apps for the week long soiree, which is Tales, that give information where you should go during this during this conference who you should see what you should taste and it's all interactive and it's all in real time and I and I love that because it's geared to our industry and that's the liquor industry so you probably wouldn't have a tales of the cocktail app on your on your smartphone if you didn't know about it but if you knew about it you could see where you have to be where you're going what you know what what what's on your schedule and it's like a meeting planner with liquid benefits. Conscious that we're getting towards the half an hour here, Warren, and it's been just uh, an incredible journey with you. Uh, you're following your passion. What last words would you like, before we say goodbye, what, what uh, could you give uh, to inspire those people who are perhaps just sitting on the fence uh, in a, a cubicle and they're, they're just deciding whether to get out into business or, or not? What, what could you say to those people? Do what you love, know what your passion is. And I, and I always go back to, I was working in a job after I left banking for two some odd years uh, at MetLife. And my boss, Ralph Gross, would say to me, would start out all of his meetings saying to people, what is your passion? What is your passion? And it, it may have nothing to do with e-business. It may have had nothing to do with computers. It might have been as simple as planting bulbs in the garden so they bloom the next the next year. If, if that is what your passion is, then follow it and follow your dreams and don't be afraid of yourself because yourself is the only thing that's getting in the way of your success. Yeah, I would resonate with that completely. Uh, the only person who would give me a hard time about quitting my job was me. And uh, uh, once you, you overcome your own inner voice, then you're right, you can do whatever you want. And uh, I think someone said as well, um, we are free when we choose to be free and uh, I love that quote uh, but uh, um, how can we best get hold of you and, and reach out and connect you've mentioned Twitter I mean these are going to be our yeah, yeah. Twitter is at, at Warren Bobro one I'm available on Facebook at W Bobro B-O-B-R-O-W with a letter W before it um, you can find me on LinkedIn I love LinkedIn it 
really hasn't gotten me any jobs, but I certainly like the business aspect to it. Uh, you can also find me, I have a couple of YouTube videos out there, which are kind of interesting, and I'm, every time I look at them, I'm amused. Uh, and let's see, where else can you probably find me? I think that's really, that's really it. You know, Instagram, it's just my name, Warren Bobro, without any letters or numbers after it. That's, that's pretty much it. And I also, uh, you know, you can find me on cocktailwhisperer.com and also uh, foodista.com, which is out in Seattle, which is on the west side of our, our country. And you mentioned in the pre-chat you had a book coming out soon. Oh, yes. Oh, gosh, I have, I have, I have a, one book which is out now, which is called Apothecary Cocktails, Restoratives from Yesterday and Today. I have another book coming out. Uh, called Whiskey Cocktails, the classics and re-imaged classics, and that will be out in the end of September, beginning of October. And I just signed the, well, I'm signing the contract in a day or so, so I can't tell you the title, but there's a third book that I'm working on, and I ha only have a month to write it, so wish me luck. <laughs> Good luck. Well, Warren, I mean, you, you've uh, it's been a really interesting journey, and uh, I, I love the fact that you know you're enjoying your uh, work as we're speaking on the podcast. So uh, it just leaves me to say thanks very much for joining us on the App Guy podcast, and uh, we uh, would love to have you back. You, uh, you've got so many different stories. I'm sure we've only touched on a, a small fraction of what you could you could share with us. But uh, thanks for joining us, and I uh, hope to hear from you soon. Very good, Paul. Thank you. I'm honored. Cheers. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. If you want to be a guest on the show or suggest someone, then please send an email to info at onemob.com. The App Guy Podcast.